brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Good afternoon. You're listening to Gambling with an Edge. Now here are your hosts, Bob Dancer and Richard Munchkin. Good afternoon. Welcome to Gambling with an Edge. I'm Bob Dancer. And I'm Richard Munchkin. Today we're talking to a woman named Amber Gambling, who is a mathematician, a sports better, former blackjack dealer, and a bunch of other things. Amber Gambling, welcome to Gambling with an Edge. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Tell us how you got into the gambling world. Oh, this is an interesting story. I was, um, I'm actually originally from the Midwest, and I procured an internship when I was about 19 years old in Lake Tahoe with my college. I moved up there with about $400 and a car and went to work at Harvey's which is now, um, I guess, under the Caesars, uh, back in the mid-90s. And Now, wait, you couldn't, you couldn't um, work in the casino at 19, right? Not yet. So I actually worked in the cafeteria for about a year and a half, and I tried out for the dealer school before I turned 21, got in, and I turned 21 on the blackjack board that night. That's how I celebrated my 21st birthday. So, Wow. And um, how, how long did you deal? Um, I dealt for about three years, basically just saving for college and going on a lot of little adventures around the area. Um, and then from then, I returned back to school, got my degree, and kind of kept going. So, yeah. So while you were dealing blackjack, did you have any desire to play or to learn to play? Oh yeah, oh yeah. And I can tell you, back in that, back in those days, pretty much anyone who was on the full time roster, we all played blackjack too. 
because it's just natural going along with the job. Um, but we weren't allowed to play in uh, the casino that we worked, and we were discouraged from going across the street to Harrah's. So a lot of the times we'd hop in the car together and go down to Reno to play. So. And, and did you, uh, with a math background, I mean, you were studying math, right? So did, I would think that would naturally lead you toward counting cards. Yes. And, and it's funny that you say this because really I feel like my math acumen really came from the casino. And it really opened up a lot of doors for me to be able to um, just move that quickly, uh, doing addition and subtraction in your head, looking at the cards, um, getting a feel for the flow. So it really kind of pushed me towards a, a, a math type degree. And I actually, my degree is in accounting um, with an emphasis in accounting research and finance. So, and now I've, jumped into the foray of data analytics and that's just personal study on my part so uh, uh what analytics what data analytics yeah oh data analytics data. uh uh okay so go ahead so you go ahead bob sorry well okay still at harvey's uh yeah going moving to lake tahoe with 400 dollars in your back pocket doesn't seem like a large amount to go to lake tahoe with it that's a uh it's an expensive place to live, I would think. Uh, shows a certain amount of daring. Uh, when you were, <laughs> when you were on the uh, a blackjack dealer, what were you nervous about getting fired? Because still didn't have a lot of money and stuff. And you know what scared you the most as a blackjack dealer? Oh well, let me tell you. There's a lot of things, especially back then. Um, for one thing. It was really important, and as a young person, I kind of learned this lesson the hard way. Um, you need to save when you're high tips and uh, when you have a good weekend. <laughs> so I had one weekend where I went out and spent a bunch of money and barely made rent the next month, and it was a little it was a little dicey. Um, the other thing is uh, they were very they were strict about certain things. Um, they you know. As you would imagine, a casino doesn't like to lose. So if you had a, a really bad losing night or dump your tray, they would put you on the big six <laughs> for a couple of days. That is literally the most boring game in the entire casino. So, yeah. Uh, you know, they did that to me only one time, and they noticed that I kept uh, getting very close to hitting the 40, 40 to 1 because I was – practicing immediately at hitting, you know, the number I wanted. And uh, they never put me back there again. So <laughs> um, now it, did you keep your own tips at, at Harvey's? Or? Um, we had just, and unfortunately, this is tough. Uh, we had just switched to the pool system. So, ah. and of course I worked uh, the busiest part, which was the swing shift. Um, so I didn't get as much benefit from my tips, but I was just glad to be there at that young age. So I was pretty grateful for what I got coming up. Now, Harvey's was a gold mine for us in the nineties. Um, and that was almost all single deck back then. Um, so what was the casino's attitude toward card counters? 
what did they tell you or did they train you at all in that regard? Okay, so a lot of my training back then came from older dealers. And one of the neatest things about Harvey's is it's kind of a lifestyle. So you're on the lake, the ski resorts, a lot of people just moved there and stayed there. And they would bring us up and they would be like, okay, if you, if you have someone and you're not sure, start shuffling after every hand or, you know, pick them up really fast or deal fast, which I think for an advantage gambler is actually kind of something they would want to see as a fast dealer. But we, we didn't think about it like that back then. And we would try to deal fast, so fast that they couldn't keep the count. Um, but a lot of things, yeah, mainly shuffle up pick up cards. So they really didn't know anything. No, (laughs) not really. I mean, I know, no, we never got training on advantage gamblers other than if, if someone starts winning hard, start shuffling a lot (laughs) and differently and change it up. So yeah. Change your shuffle. Yeah. Yeah. I experienced that one too. We probably saw each other. Honestly, I've been wondering, maybe you were on my table at one point. Oh, it's certainly possible. I played a lot in Lake Tahoe in the 90s. So So you you got away from Lake Tahoe, Blackjack. What was your next foray into gambling-related subjects? Well, one of the things, most recently, I went on and went to college, uh, finished up, I uh, went all the way, so to speak, on college uh, and got a terminal degree. And back, I would say, you know, just like anybody else, I went to Las Vegas. I learned how to play video poker. Mainly my goal was to just not make mistakes. I learned basic strategy. Um, I did a little bit of counting. One of my biggest challenges was sitting still for that long and also not forgetting the count. That is also incredibly challenging. I think that's probably the hardest thing about uh, counting. I didn't feel like I was as strong as I should be to take it into a direction that would be um, more of a career path. So I kind of kept it recreational. And then an exciting thing happened uh, in 2020 when everybody was staying home. I started just, you know, under my own study, picking up uh, data science as something of interest to me that I could also give back to my educational community. And and, um, so my interest in data science really led me to some interesting people on Twitter who I became friends with. And I ended up over at uh, analytics.vet taking courses. And from there, it just led me into the sports betting community. So that's kind of how I I made the transition. And it's been an exciting and interesting ride as as um, as a beginning, or I guess I should say a newer sports better. So you decided to get into sports betting. Uh, I mean, you're studying the data analytics and you decide to get into sports betting. How did you start? What did you do? Well, okay. So when I lived in Florida, I was an event director and I had my own business on top of my, my, my day job. And one of the things that I did is 
I put on these big events at hotels and I ran into another conference director who was putting on uh, mixed martial arts fights. So I, when I got done, I would skedaddle on over and watch. And I kind of got a feel for the sport. Um, it is different. It's a little bit, uh, it's a little bit passionate. It's a little bit violent. <laughs> but I started watching him and I picked up a little bit of knowledge about that. And then fast forward to um, 2020, um, I found that obtaining the data on uh, UFC and MMA was wholly available on the internet. So I basically went out, I was watching videos, I was talking to people, um, I met one of your past hosts, uh, Plus EV Analytics, uh -huh. on Twitter, just by accident, uh, I think we were on 530, I was I was responding to a 538 post and I saw one of his responses and we just sort of became Twitter friends. And so I started kind of looking at the data and I went down to a casino. They had just opened up a brand new sports book where I live. And I basically bet out a card on MMA and you know how you have that beginner luck. Yeah, that happened to me. <laughs> it happened to me in a great way. And so, so, so at which, yeah, for many people, that's the worst thing that can happen is to win the their first big bet. <laughs> um, but, but I'm curious when you say um, the data on MMA. Now, I don't know anything about the data on MMA, but other than like the the win loss record and the weight of the fighter, like what other data do they keep track of? Oh, there's there's a lot. Um, there are several websites that you can go to, and I'm more than willing to share. Um, there, for uh, someone who is interested in this, you can go to uh, UFCstats.com, FightMatrix.com, uh, Tapology.com. I go to Wikipedia.com, and you can get a record on all their fights. Also, you can go in um, and a lot of times I'll pull an MMA podcast and some of them are really long, like two, three hours. Maybe you don't have that kind of time to sit and invest. So I simply send it to transcript and then just do a, uh, a word cloud or a data search on anything that I'm looking for. And oh, huh. Yeah, you can, there is so much data out in MMA. You can follow them. On, I follow them on Instagram and Twitter and all the social medias. And then one of the things I try to do is look at their record prior to them coming into MMA. I go in and look for health records if I can find them. I mean, I really dig deep. Wow. Um, my handicapping of MMA. All of it is information. So, yeah. Now, one of the one of the guests we're having on in the near future uh, said says that when you're starting out in sports betting, you should go to a really strong book like Pinnacle and find the sports where they'll only take a fifty or a hundred dollar bet um, because those are the sports that uh, nobody knows what's going on and that's why they won't take much action. Is is there a lot of action to be had at MMA? Can you get a lot of money down? Yeah, you, you can get quite a bit of money down. Um, the books that I find, um, circa, circa, uh -huh. is yeah, and they post their limits. Um, now I'm well, I and would, circa won't bar anybody. Circa won't bar. Yeah, and 
they are sharp. Yeah. Yeah. Can you say they're sharp? Yes, you can say they're sharp. sharp. Um, In fact, so sharp that when I was in circus a while back and I was just trying to get something in, and if you go up to the top and walk down the stairs to get to the front, I was struggling with the app and I saw something and I was like, Oh, I need to put, you know, I need to get a bet down. By the time I walked down to put it in the line had moved, <laughs> they are, they are on it. <laughs> Definitely. Oh, wow. So huh. yeah. And, uh, it happened so fast. I was like trying to get down the stairs, you know, get down there and boom, they move their line very quickly. Uh, I, I would consider them one of the, uh, books that, I would con- for for MMA. Um, some of the others uh, you can find uh, the line is probably a little sharper towards the close. Um, but and if I'm allowed to give my opinion, one of the areas that is weakest is the women. They seem to miss even the sharp books miss the women. But that doesn't surprise me. You know that that they would. Yeah. yeah. And that was a fun time for me uh, this summer until they started to figure it out a little bit um it hasn't been as great as it was at the early of summer it was it was a wonderful place to be um but yeah yeah so in you recently went on a trip to mexico and you tell us that your experience gets in casinos in mexico is different than what you get here in the united states can you tell us a little bit more about that yes um over the summer i had a career uh, a, a job in Mexico City for about a month. And so down the street, they had a casino. And of course, I was going to go visit. Uh, it was it was an amazing experience. I will tell you that as someone, even with a little bit of uh, language background, when you go into a casino and it's a different currency, it is challenging to be keeping up with that bankroll in your in the back of your mind. That was one of the biggest challenges I had when I went into the casino. The other thing I would tell you is they absolutely you have to player's card. They do not let you play without a player's card. So you have to dox yourself. Um, they make you give ID right at the start. Uh, <laughs> there are many countries where that is true. You have to show your passport just to walk in the door. I did. Um, yeah, yeah I, I would say that is, is maybe more common than than not in in foreign uh, casinos, at least the ones I've been to. The other thing that like was a little bit intimidating about Mexico, and you all know that I'm from Oregon, different animal, right? So um, is the huge police presence. <laughs> Just to give you an example, um, I was in a grocery store and uh, someone was shoplifting and they did like a full machine gun takedown, <laughs> like wow. large guns and seven people in security. And I don't know what they were shoplifting, but it was a very dramatic situation. Like the guy was screaming, please don't take me in. And so with all of that in the back of my mind, when I went into the casino I was incredibly cautious um, during my visits. But um, one thing else I can tell you about the casino is they gave 
a ton of rewards walking in the door from everything. So I, and they did not, um, I played there for two days. They did not question anything in the sports book at all. And uh, I would say the lines, and this was toward, it was a little bit newer in my sports betting, uh, my foray into this space. So I probably could have done more. I just wasn't ready and didn't know enough yet, but I would totally return. They don't seem to be sweat, uh, sweating people in the sports book like they do over here in the U.S. because there probably isn't that community built up yet. Uh, at the blackjack table, I was a little bit cautious, <laughs> very cautious because, again, guns, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I didn't play very much. Uh, I just kept a very solid basic strategy and uh, I tried to keep a running count, but not an expert in remembering the numbers. So yeah, well, blackjack is not your your game, right? It's Sports not my betting game. is but your I did, thing. I did yeah. okay. I did okay. I didn't lose. I walked out with a few bucks and just left it there. So yeah. So also, I believe in Mexico, there's some tax um, yes. that they take if you win. So yes, they do. I had to pay it, and that was a little disappointing. I didn't know, and again. The language barrier. So you're walking around and you're trying to figure out, you know, you're doing a pesos conversion in your head, which is which is more challenging than you would think. And then you get up to the counter, you're exhausted after doing all that. So yeah, they do take some tax out um, at the very end. Now, how does how does that work with sports betting? I mean, on every winning ticket, do you pay tax, or can you accumulate your sports bets and and only if you're a net positive at the end how or how does that work uh, my experience it was with every winning ticket um wow but could you use I, a winning ticket to make a new bet without paying the tax um i believe that and and again i want to be real cautious when i say this because it, it was about eight months ago and i hope i'm getting this right so i wouldn't want to mislead um but my experience was uh when i cashed out at the end um and again, language barrier, uh, there was one big pullout at the end. So I'm, I I don't know, Richard, and I wouldn't want to say it wrong. Yeah. I believe that at the end when I cashed everything out. Um, oh, so you could, if you had a winning ticket, you could sort of leave it in your account at the, is when you say at the well, end. I didn't have an, I didn't necessarily set up an account i just grabbed all my tickets and took them up to the front so oh all at one time i see yeah so i yeah, don't yeah. i don't really fully know that would be a good question for um i one of the but you are experienced uh, enough to recommend yes, you shouldn't shoplift in mexico no you should not you should be very very cautious even things <laughs> i was at an atm machine <laughs> getting some money out and they were getting ready to do a, a changeover. And I would say five guys with machine gun level, you know, armory standing behind one guy. It's just intimidating. <laughs> Very intimidating. So, yeah. yeah in, in Moscow, they would have armed guys at the entrance of the casino and you had to go through a metal detector. And then sometimes they would wand you in addition. Yeah. Um, so it's, yeah. yeah, it's intimidating when you're in a casino taking their money and there are guys with guns there. Yes, there was some guns, definitely some guns around. 
all over in every space, including the grocery store. So um, in sports betting uh, or any kind of advantage gambling, the first step is finding your edge. and But the second step is finding a way to actually take the money out. So how have you reached that point? And, and it's hard to do both as an individual. Have you reached that point where you have uh, sort of found partners to help you get money down or what's going on in that regard? So I have a local casino and we have a really good relationship and, oh, wow. <laughs> um, so I have not had, it is getting a little dicey, um, but I just continue to come in every week with a smile and, you know, where things that would be not looking like I'm the smartest and I am very friendly to all of them. I know them by name. Uh, I always do things like stack my losing tickets up and go, oh gosh, oh no. Um, they are not really tracking me that much. I certainly don't bring my card every week. Uh, and that has been just glorious. I have had- So you have not been backed off from a sports book um, yet? Well, one of them in the other one, when I went in, it hasn't been formal, but every time I go in um, and I ask for a printout, they give me a hard time. And then one week I went on in and they turned off the UFC odds while I was there on the screen. Um, they you took that as a sign. Don't let me. <laughs> Well, and so our locals are all ran by women. So we're all kind of, me being who I am, they're, I think they're trying to give me a little leeway, a little bit. But um, yeah, they uh, uh, they want me to, you can't do the kiosk without a card. Um, so I would go up to the counter and ask for a printout. And um, then when I started doing that, they were like, oh, the printouts are over there. Well, they're like four days old. And then I went in one day and they turned off the print, the sign. And so they're just kind of trying to be gentle about it. I don't think they want to call the boss. Yeah, that I just kind of have not gone in for a few weeks. And so you haven't pushed it? No, I don't want to get and, limited. And only have, four have you um, tried uh, betting offshore at all? Um, no, I have not. Um, I have, uh, I probably have about six total outs right now. And, um, the biggest one you talked about getting money out. The one that I had the hardest one is with Colorado. Um, I'm still trying to get it out. I went, went like six months ago and they've asked for everything under the sun. Oh I yeah. Did a hard hit. Um, I, I just did a real hard hit one weekend. <laughs> and, uh, you know, again, remember I told you about that lucky time in the beginning? <laughs> that was just a really good weekend for me. Um, so I think I'm about to get it back. I I, I had to just give up everything. Um, well, and part of the reason is because I don't live in Colorado. And so they were kind of hassling me for you know, do you live here? Were you legally betting here? You know, and I had to show them that I was here and, you know, stuff like that. So yeah, but they, I, I finally got it out. Um, but yeah, it is hard. 
it it well at at some point I would think um, you're going to want to expand. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and at that point, so now have you moved into other sports from MMA? Have have you started to branch out that in that way yet? So yes, actually, um, I, I the, the person that we discussed prior to the, the podcast. Um, he and I are going to Las Vegas over Super Bowl weekend, and we are um, we're working on some things with props. Um, so we're I'm very excited about that. Um, we have been um, so I have been um, using, and I, I think it's okay to talk about the tools. I'm using unabated. Well, they are a sponsor of the show, so I I would think that no, okay. I don't mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So that has been, unabated has been great for me. Um, I actually, not only is the space incredibly welcoming, and I talked about um, just as a, as, a, as a woman better, it's a little bit nerve-wracking to go in and just be the only one. And there has been just nothing but open arms and comfort and support. Uh, Captain Jack's videos are incredible for helping someone who is brand new to the space, uh, a lot of times, like, when we come into these podcasts and, you know, you ask a guy, well, how did you come up in the industry? And they're like, oh, well, my dad took me to the track, or I was in college and I had a bunch of buddies that were, you know, going to the casino every weekend and we watched sports. I don't have any of that. So for me, it's like um, – it's not like I can just go in and say, oh, hey, buddies, my buddies are all women. They don't, they're they not into sports betting. Um, and my dad is not a gambler. So um, Unabated has been a great opportunity for me to meet like-minded individuals. A lot of them are incredibly professional. Um, I've gotten a dozen, half a dozen DMs saying, how can we help you, uh, even in the math space? Um, and wow. Most- and most recently, yeah, I, the support that I have gotten from the gambling community has been amazing. So I'm really glad that I signed up for that. Um, I'm not a, 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 a top-down better as much as I am an originator, but I, I believe that still I am getting a lot of value from – a lot of good value from being part of that group. Um, the other group that I've been working with is at analytics.bet, um, and the knowledge that I have – received from going to those classes has not only helped me as a gambler, but just helped me as a, uh, as, as a, as an analyst, as, as, as a, as a a scholar. (laughs) So um, I have really enjoyed uh, being part of both of those communities. And so um, in many ways, that has been a great opportunity to also collaborate. um, And I am also considering (laughs) I haven't quite made the decision, but I'm thinking about maybe even going to Bet Bash. Um, I just want to make sure that it works for me before I jump into the pool there, too. So that's something I'm thinking about to to uh, meet and collaborate with people. Uh, I'm so I'm just curious about that. What's what what is the hesitation? Um, uh, the food. <laughs> what? The food. I'm I'm a vegan. <laughs> But, and, but and, wait, well, I don't understand. Bet Bash isn't a a feast. It's well, uh, and that, and um, also, okay. Uh, truth be known, I just uh, I'm just a little nervous about. Um, well, 
Yeah, I guess that's probably part of it. Just fitting in in the community and uh, being taken seriously as a uh, as a female better. Um, because I know there's a lot of confusion in that space um, in the in the women's gambling community. Some of the women are doing it more as an influencer, um, and that's really not my path. Um, I'm not interested in being an influencer. I'm more interested in being an actual advantage gambler. So, um, well, also if you're an originator, I mean that, like, that's the key to the kingdom. I mean, there are very few originators, and if you actually have the goods, like, of course people are going to take you seriously. You know, um, well, I'm surprised that you um, kind of haven't been approached already. To because there are plenty of guys who have lots of accounts that can get money down, but they don't originate, you know. So I've just been taking it very slowly. Um, one of the things that I would like to do before I really get into this is finish up my uh, my degree path at analytics.bet. I'm in my uh, can I count one, two, three, fourth class. And so once I get that done, I think that, and I get the master of sports betting, I feel like I will be very qualified to, uh, to take on other accounts. And I expect to finish that somewhere in the middle of uh, February, hopefully. I have been a little slow to get it done because I do have a day job. Actually, I have two jobs. I, I have the one job and then I have the fun job. So um, The fun I, job, you mean the sports betting? instructor. Uh, well, okay, then that would be number three. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Actually, I want to talk more about um, analytic stock bet, but maybe we should uh, do our commercials first and then, uh, okay. and then come back and talk about that. Okay. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family vdw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus the South Point has more than 10,000 games returning at least 99%. This is more such game than anyone else has. In December, between now and December 23rd, if you use your slot club points, virtually everything is half price, including rooms, meals, gift shop, New Year's Eve tickets, bowling, movies, etc. Uh, it's a Good deal. It makes Michael's, which is one of the best restaurants in the city, although a bit pricey, if you're paying for it half price, it's an excellent bargain. If you're serious about card counting, the Blackjack Apprenticeship membership is a great way to learn, train, network, and get the resources you need to succeed. 
We've had quite a few guests on Gambling with an Edge who exclusively trained and got their start through Blackjack Apprenticeship. Check out the website at blackjackapprenticeship.com. They have member forums, training software, and guides to help you learn. So that's blackjackapprenticeship.com, and you will find a link in the show notes. Videopoker.com is the best place to play lots of games. If you sign up for the gold membership, $8.95 a month or $79.95 a year, this allows you to get correction on many of the games. Game of the week is Hot Roll Poker. This is a 10 coins per line game where one time in six you get a multiplier. The value of the multiplier is determined by a pair of virtual dice. If the dice rolls a 2 and a 5, for example, you receive 7x for the hand. The multiplier sometimes comes on the deal, sometimes on the draw, never both. There are no strategy variations for this game compared to the base game. The hot roll feature is even money, meaning that the dice rolls add no EV, but do add variance. And another name for variance, of course, is excitement. If you're interested in getting an edge at sports betting, then unabated.com is a great resource for you. Founded by frequent Gambling with an Edge guests, Captain Jack and Rufus Peabody, unabated.com is designed for both new and experienced sports bettors. Their real-time odds screen, tools, and calculators take a lot of the guesswork out of trying to quantify your edge. There's also plenty of free education and instruction to help you along your journey to becoming a sharper sports better. You can currently take advantage of a seven-day free trial to decide if the premium membership at Unabated is right for you. And as Amber Gambling has just attested, she is a uh, happy customer over there. So. so there's a couple of, uh, we wanted to talk about analytics.bet. We want to talk about the Real World Risk Institute. And we want to talk about Plus EV Analytics. So those are all kind of uh, things that touch you somehow. So pick one and go for it. Well, plus EV analytics and uh, analytics.bet kind of go together, right? Because uh, he's an, one of the instructors yes. there. So he's um, so he's getting ready to do a course in Bayesian sports betting. And I have to tell you my experience with the course. Um, and again, I want to emphasize that my total experience in this is probably from the for, for the sports betting part, not not the sport, not the mixed martial arts part, the actual sports betting, I'm probably mid 2020 to about right now. So I still consider myself on a learning curve and I, I'm, I'm one of these lifetime learners. I really like reading books um, and just, uh, and we can talk about that in the recommendations because I have something for you too about a book that you recommended to me. Um, but um, yeah, so I met Plus EV Analytics and without any knowledge about the sports part, and I even DM'd him, I'm like, I'm not sure, I'm not sure. He's like, no, no, you'll be fine. I took Bayesian sports betting and I found it to just be one of the most fascinating courses I've ever taken. Um, and I've taken a lot of college courses, as you know, um, and I found it challenging. Uh, one of the things I had to do is pull up Wikipedia during the course because they would make a sports betting reference or something in sports that I just didn't understand and I would be looking it up on one side. Um, the math itself is not, to me, I didn't find it to be really difficult. It's not like you're going out and doing calculus. Um, if you took statistics in high school, I think you can get by 
but I will say this, you need to be prepared to put in some work uh, outside of just watching the class every night. At least I had to, and I don't know if that was just from my lack of experience or if that's just the nature of the course, but I found I think that's the nature of yeah. gambling is I, you have to put in some I, work. I, put in quite, I would say I probably put in, in addition to watching the video and attending the class, I probably put in at least three to five hours each week just studying. And I think a lot of that was just my nature of really wanting to understand what he was talking about and, and where um, and the nature of not just being able to do the math, but actually what it meant. So um, I found it to be one of my most favorite courses uh, that I had. And again, uh, I was totally led here <laughs> to all of this, a lot of this from Plus EV. Great guy. I can't say enough about him. Yeah, he, he was a guest on the show. Uh, he was a good guest, actually. We should have him back. I agree. Yeah. And these courses are like $1,000 or $2,000 a piece. And yes. are they done by yeah. Zoom? Yes. Are they Zoom? So, so in um, so I after taking Plus EV's course, I went on to take uh, uh, Dr. Crane and Dr. Myman's course, and in the applied sports betting. And again, it was the same thing, um, a lot of time and effort, but it's self-paced, so you have to be your own uh, motivator. Uh, if you like what you're doing, then it's not that hard of a motivation. Um, and again, they are very uh, kind and easy on the math part. So you can go in and it's not like you're doing calculus. Um, it's very understandable and their delivery is incredibly professional. So I enjoyed taking that course. In fact, a lot of times if I am thinking of something in the casino, I run right back to the video, pull it up and rewatch it again and say, oh, is this something that I could do? So, um, and then the third, I took the foundations course, which really opened up my mind. I, that is just necessary. Even if you know everything there is, even if you know how to, um, you know, odds and all that and, you know, middling and um, some of the things that come along with being a beginning sports better. I think it's still a good course to take because there's there's probably holes somewhere in your knowledge, and I think that course is another great one. Um, and then, of course, uh, the course that I'm in right now is a data management course, and I'm actually side taking it. I, I started it and put it on hold, and then I decided to side take a Python course online just to strengthen that piece. So that's kind of where I'm at in my education. Once I finish that course, I've got one more, and then I'll have the master of sports betting. Now that that's not an accredited master's, no, is it? No, no. Well, she already has <laughs> okay. a PhD. I mean, because because I mean, Harry teaches at Rutgers, right? That so was good I mean, he's a me. top. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay. She she does have a PhD, which she called a terminal degree, which which makes never heard a PhD. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I thought that uh, phrase okay. was okay. interesting let me, let me, too. Let me make sure I get this correct. I have a I have a DBA, a DBA. Uh, doing business, I have a doing as? business as or a database administrator. I have a doctor of business. Okay. <laughs> doctor of business administration. Uh, Different. Uh, okay. Real World Risk Institute. Yes. What is that? And how does that relate to you? Okay. So um, one of the things that is 
really cool. And I want to encourage all the women out there. A lot of times if you go into something that is a, is tends to be more of a, a male-driven industry, like sports betting, like um, Real World Risk Institute, you can apply for scholarships. And that's exactly what I did. Um, I applied for a scholarship uh, uh, for the Real World Risk Institute. Uh, and Nicholas Nassim Taleb, who I follow and fan quite a bit on Twitter, put out a post uh, asking for women. They were trying to encourage women in that industry. And I went in and a lot of women were like, oh, I don't know, you know, this may not. And I was like, please me, just pick me. I don't care. <laughs> hand up in the air. I'm ready to work. Um, so he sent me an application and I wrote up. One of the things I did was I made it kind of entertaining um, because he is a, um, he puts his Uber rating on there. So I told him, I was like, you know, I'm an Uber driver. Here's my rating. You know, um, I've driven for Uber before. I mean, I tried to do some fun things. I told him about my path to uh, getting my education. Um, and it was kind of a work through. Uh, it was a little bit of a, an economic struggle. And so he, uh, he awarded me a scholarship and I got in to his institute. And for 10 days, we get up in the morning and we just drill for most of the day. And in the afternoon, we get on and talk to each other about what we talked about. Um, and it's all over Zoom, um, which he doesn't like, but that's okay. <laughs> he would rather be a person. Um, but it was probably one of the most eye-opening, game-changing experiences I've ever been through. I think a lot of our listeners uh, follow uh, Taleb and have read his books. Um you know, which I think we've recommended on the show a number of times. So um, that's very cool. But what, so what, what happens in this class? Like, oh. what is it that you're actually discussing? So he brings in a lot of uh, captains of industry, um, other college professors, um, people that have very high math and uh, science knowledge, uh, world leaders, you name it, the, the top of the game. And they will put on a course and going through a PowerPoint presentation or a video presentation, and he will just stop right in the middle of the talk and say, okay, let's challenge this. And he'll just start talking to them. And it's really interesting because uh, he wants to, it's not just a delivery of knowledge, like, okay, I'm giving this to you, but it, it fosters a lot of understanding because he'll stop and say, well, why is that? And why do you think that? And uh, he, he does, he's very challenging. And it, so do the guests know that this is yeah. coming and they're, and they get on board yeah. and he does, he does challenge them a lot. <laughs> it's interesting. It was, it was an amazing experience. And I think, in many places, I think in the educational uh, community, that this should happen more. Because when you do stuff like that, not only does it wake up the room, but it also uh, debunks some things. And um, he and a lot of times I think he does it in a way where he's challenging them because he's trying to learn it himself. So he is much, very much in that camp of being a lifelong learner. And I love the way he does it. I love the way he ran his courses. 
Uh, he did hate the Zoom. <laughs> but we all got past that towards the end. And uh, of all the uh, acumens and degrees and awards that I have received, one of the ones I'm most proud of is my uh, certificate from Real World Disney Institute. And that's on Twitter if you're interested, hashtag RWRI. Now, you don't live in Vegas, but you uh, come here a lot. Yes. The uh, Have you developed any tricks for getting here inexpensively or quickly or anything like that? Yes. Um, you want to talk about Evie. <laughs> so uh, one of the things that I did when I was running my conference business, and again, this is a personal preference, so not all of your users may be onto this, but I made really good use of discounts and alliances. And so a lot of times, uh, particularly uh, Spirit Airlines, you could buy your ticket for $9. So a lot of times with my work schedule, I would just run out and buy like four or five tickets for 45 bucks and then just pick a day. <laughs> Whenever it came up, buy them in advance. Um, you have to walk into the airport, stand in line, and uh, another thing that I like to do is I wait. You can you can buy nine dollars. Oh, you tickets? used to be able to. Um, I think it's gone up in price a little bit, and they don't advertise it anymore. Um, but I can get a ticket back and forth to Vegas, and usually I just go in one day. Like I'll leave at like six or seven in the morning, and then take the ten o'clock back out. Not even stay the night. Um, three hour flight, uh, and. If I go to the airport, sometimes I can still get them for, you know, less than $50. Almost cheaper than wow. the Uber itself to get from the airport to Vegas. Um, wow. And I use, uh, and speaking of the Uber, um, I use the uh, Vegas Transit. I, I ride the bus sometimes to go out to uh, the downtown, you know, area. Or the uh, strip, I'll just hop on the bus, put my earphones in, turn on analytics.bet because I'm still trying to finish my degree. <laughs> and just not be in too big of a hurry. But um, yeah, you can fly out and back um, direct flight, less than 50 bucks. Uh, if you don't want to go to the airport, if you go to the airport, I think you can still. I don't know if they've changed that policy that much since COVID, but you used to be able to go and get it at the airport for even less than what you would pay online. I just got lazy and tired, wow. you know, day job. <laughs> yeah, I always thought if you pay at the last minute at the airport, it's quite a bit more expensive than ordering your tickets in advance. Um, that's a lot of some some of the discounts will let you go and buy it cheaper. And I'm not sure if they're still doing that since COVID. Um, in fact, I was getting ready to go try because I want to hike out a little bit. Um, another thing that you can do uh, for discount. Airlines is sometimes um, I just miss my flight on purpose, and that has worked for me. <laughs> like if one day was cheaper than the other, um, I would be like, oh, you know, I'm really sorry I missed my flight. If I wanted to go out on the next day and stay an extra night. So, for example, if I want to stay on Friday, if I want to stay over Friday night, I just um, I miss my Thursday on purpose. They put you on standby. They're not really happy about it, but they'll let you go. Yeah. Wow. I thought with Southwest, you would have to get a new ticket and the difference in, if there's a difference in price, you have to. Southwest would do that. But yeah. the discounts, they're not going to. 
Um, I, well, Southwest used to be considered a discount airline. You can airline, on so. standby for a minute, and you may be spending a lot of time in the airport, but if you don't have a ton to do, um, it's a little trick that I, it is a gamble. You know, we're all about the gamble. <laughs> but it's plus EV. I, I have gotten away with it once or twice where I just wanted to stay through to Friday and I just took a gamble and I was like, maybe they'll let me on. Um, it doesn't always work. I wouldn't pick the busiest weekend to do it. Definitely don't go during the, uh, the, uh, the race car. I, I can't remember what South point. Yeah, don't go during the South point and do it, but you know, the South point 400, I believe was one yes. of the busiest weekends that yeah. I have. And right now is the national finals yeah, rodeo is going on. So. <laughs> yeah, New Year's might have a few customers here. Super Bowl might have a few customers. Yeah, I wouldn't do no. it on those weekends. But if you if you wanted to sneak one off, they'd probably let you on. You just have to be on a standby. Um, the last little thing that I do for airlines is um, if I'm going out, like when I go to Atlantic City, for example. Um, I might pick a real weird route, like going through Dallas or something like that. And then um, at one point I was picking, uh, I actually went in and picked the ones that were the fullest flights. And I would go up and talk to the airline and say, hey, you know, you could put me on a more direct for, uh, you know, since this flight is so full, I volunteer to go on a more direct flight. Or, um, you know, I always try to pick one that's going to be full and then volunteer my way around. <laughs> Again, you have to have some time and you are taking a risk. Um, but I, I went out to Atlantic City, I think for less than a hundred bucks. Um, wow. And then um, the other, you know, I use all the apps and all the discounts and the one that you, the lost Vegas. I didn't know about the Las Vegas advisor, but I found it the other day. A friend, one that I discussed earlier, um, mentioned that, but I would take advantage of all of that now. That one was a come up. I did not know about Las Vegas advisor, but now I do. <laughs> so yeah, I use all those. Um, there are some inexpensive hotels over on Fremont street, uh, that are not gross. Uh, you have to look for them. <laughs> uh, but that is one place I splurge now. Um, I am addicted to Circa. <laughs> so I have to I have to treat myself. One thing about Circa, um, and this was a little interesting uh, mid, midweek treat, and I don't want to get myself in trouble, but um, I did a midweek night, and they upgraded me all the way to the top during the, uh, wow. I believe it was during the uh, South Point 400 because they were um, really busy. So they put me up in, in, in um, nicer rooms because I was only- You know, I I look at what you said about uh, no longer willing to stay in the gross places. I, I sort of look at that as a kind of a benchmark in any, in any gambler's yeah. career. Yeah. I remember the the point where I was no longer willing to stay at Motel yes. Six. <laughs> the, you know, I, I was like, uh, I don't care how cheap it is, I'm I'm not staying there. Well, Motel so Six is nowhere near the gross ones. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, I'll, well, I'll give you it, one that is not that rough. Um, down, and I'll just give it out because I don't think I'm going to do it anymore. But um, 
there is a hotel that has just been remodeled uh, down by El Cortez called the Downtowner. And the rooms are very clean. Uh, during the winter, it is a good decision. Um, in the summer, the, the air conditioner is a little a bit, uh, a little <laughs> bit challenging. But one thing I will tell you is they have a small swimming pool that nobody knows about. And it nobody uses, and it's clean, and they don't charge you to sit there and lay out. And at one point, um, and I told you about the $50 um, flight tickets. At one point, um, I, I challenged myself to go back and forth to Vegas for less than $200, including bankroll, right when I was just starting. And, um, and of course, uh, most of it wanting to go into bankroll. I flew up for like $25. The downtowner room was 13, and the rest went into my uh, food. And, and I just carried a bunch of bars, uh, vegan. <laughs> I don't want to eat any of that food at all. And, uh, yeah, I, I gambled and turned it turned it into a profit uh, and then came back. And uh, had, it was one of my most fun trips. So, um, yeah, wow. so there's, there's ways. You just have to uh, do some searches and not be afraid. <laughs> Very good, Amber. Amber Gamble, if, this, if people want to get in touch with you, is there a way to do it? Or should they just contact Richard and me and we'll forward? Um, you can follow me on Twitter, uh, at Amber Gambling. Um, if you are uh, interested in forming more of a partnership, I would ask you to send me a DM. Um, and I can even add you. I, I keep... I keep a Twitter circle that gets a little more. I try to stay a little under the radar, but um, I share with people in my circle a little bit more about what I'm thinking, a little bit of my daily thoughts, uh, a little bit of my day, my other stuff that I'm doing in my life. Um, but you're welcome to follow me on uh, Twitter. I just recently, I had my account on private for a while, but I'm getting a little bit out there. So yeah, you can follow me on Twitter. That's fine. Send me a DM. Very good the end of our show, we have a recommended section where the host and often the guests recommend something we think of as of interest. So Richard, do you have a recommended for our guest today? Yeah, I'm going to recommend. Uh, I, I think I may have recommended this a couple of years ago, but uh, my favorite Mexican restaurant in Las Vegas is uh, used to be a little hole in the wall called Chili Caliente. And I was there uh, the other day, and they have expanded and uh, made the restaurant bigger, changed up the menu. They've added a bar, uh, but the food was just excellent still. So um, that is my recommended uh, chili caliente. It's on the east side, uh, maybe about six miles off the strip. So I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes to it. And uh, But if you like Mexican food, it's a great place. All right, my recommendation is a new Netflix movie of an old book called Lady Chatterley's Lover. This was D.H. Lawrence's last novel set during and after uh, World War I. The upper-class Chatterley's Mary before he, Clifford, is sent off to war, and he returns paralyzed from the waist down. Nonetheless, he moves his family home to the English countryside where he owns a coal mine. Eventually, Lady Chatterley, Connie, becomes disenchanted with the marriage, and a steamy relationship arises with the gamekeeper, Mellors. Um, 
The fair is depicted at length graphically and tastefully. Now, I read this book more than 50 years ago, and at the time, <coughs> my interest was in the pornographic descriptions, which I reread in a number of times. I paid no attention to the coal strikes that were mentioned or the upper and lower class uh, distinction. Those are the pages I skipped. But um, now in this movie, um, I, uh, I'm kind of getting too old to get off on pornographic descriptions, and I would not call this one pornographic at all. Uh, if you're in for that experience, uh, this movie isn't it. Uh, the star, Emma Corrin, is far more anorexic than anything in my imagination from the book, and it becomes more of a love story than a sex story. Glimpses of the upper class and lower class divide in 1920s England uh, appear regularly and round out the story very nicely. So Amber Gambling, do you have a recommended for us? I have two. Can I give you two books? You um, may. I want to recommend uh, The Logic of Sports Betting um, by Ed Miller and Matthew Davidow. That was such a game changer in my uh, gambling career. Um, and then the second book I want to recommend is, is a favorite of mine. It's called The Beginning of Infinity uh, by David Deutsch. And if you are into philosophy and uh, science, uh, space, um, <laughs> all those things, uh, how uh, knowledge is created, that is just an amazing book. I've read it several times. I'm actually listening to it on audiobook uh, today on my way to Seattle to visit a, 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 a betting friend. So, um, yeah, that would be my recommendation. Very good. Huh, not familiar with that one. And we will have links to all this in the show notes. And the logic of sports betting, of course, Matt and uh, Ed have been guests on this show, and several of our guests recommended that book for good reason. All right. Thank you, Matt. Yeah, it used to be the first book that anybody would recommend for sports bettors was Sharp Sports Betting by uh, Stanford Wong. But now I think that, you know, that's the first book everyone should read. I also read Sharper by Poker Joe. And that was another one that, again, just kind of the light bulb goes off. So, yeah. Hmm. Actually, I'm not familiar with this last one you mentioned. Oh, uh, it's a good one. I love that book. Um, it's it's called Sharper uh, Sports Betting, I believe, and it's by Poker Joe, and he he's also on Twitter at Poker Joe, I believe. Um, that was another great book. Um, there are so many. <laughs> I could recommend books. Yeah. Oh, and you know, can I can I say something, um, uh, Mr. Munchkin? I I just want to thank you for your recommendation last year on Shogun. Uh, I DM'd you. You probably don't remember this because I DM'd you from my, my other account. And when you recommended Shogun, I was like, okay, I need more. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, that was another great book. I enjoyed reading it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I <clears throat> I love really long books. I mean, if the book is really good, I'm glad that it's really long because I want it to keep going mm -hmm. on. And so Clavel wrote some really great, really long books. Oh, yeah. yes. Well, I can attest. Your recommendation was amazing. Thank you. Uh, well, good, good. All right. Thank you, Amber. This was fun. Thank you. Thank you, Richard. Go out and hit lots of royal flushes, everybody. Good day. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.